0: I'll confess, sometimes I let my podcast playlist get out of hand and I get way behind. But there's one show that I subscribe to and any new episode goes right to the top of the queue. That's the Jordan Harbinger show. That's because I never have to figure out, okay, is this one going to be interesting or do I wait for the next one like I do for some shows? Because Jordan's conversations are always a must listen for me. He talks to fascinating people from any category you can think of. Authors, scientists, athletes, you name it. He's talked to undercover cops who posed as mafia and the actual career mafia hitmen. And the stories he gets out of these people, just incredible. In one episode, he talked to Paul Holes. You might know that name if you're into true crime. He's the former investigator who uses really advanced methods to solve cold cases, including the Golden State Killer. And another one I really enjoyed was with Sam Harris, an author and neuroscientist who promotes skepticism, and he doesn't mind taking on some seriously controversial topics like politics or religion. That one's going to make you think. Whenever a new episode of the Jordan Harbinger Show pops up, I already know it's going to be an episode that I'll enjoy listening to, and I'll bet you will too. For some episode recommendations, check out jordanharbinger.com start. Or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H A R B as in boy, I N as in Nancy, G E R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify
1: on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts
0: what was that like contains adult language and content and is not intended for all audiences listener discretion is advised welcome to what was that like i'm your host scott johnson this is a show where we talk to regular people, people just like you or just like me, who have found themselves in an extremely unusual situation. We'll hear their stories and get inside their head because we all want to know, what was that like? More information about each episode at whatwasthatlike.com. Here we go. Today's episode is a little different. I'd like to know what you think about it. My guest today is Chloe. Chloe is a university student in New York, and in the last couple of months, she's gone through a pretty radical change. Two months ago, Chloe was in a desperate state. She was unemployed, having lost her job with no notice. After losing her job, she'd gone through her savings. She was 48 hours away from having her electricity disconnected. She was a week away from losing her apartment. And she had 33 cents in her bank account. She was in a panic. Fast forward 30 days. Her rent is now paid up. Her electric bill is current. And she's working from home 70 hours a week. And here's the funny part. She didn't find a job. She created one. How she did that is what we're going to talk about today. You can check out her website at advicebychloe.com. From my point of view, I'm an entrepreneur myself, and I've been running my computer business for over 20 years. If you're not aware of it, you can see my website at computertutorflorida.com. So I'm always pretty fascinated with a business success story. But like I said, this is not really the type of story I usually do on this podcast. That's why I'd like to hear what you think of it. You can email me at scott at com. And if you'd like to join the others who support this show for as little as a dollar a month, you can do that at whatwasthatlike.com slash support. And now, here's Chloe. Have you always been kind of good at identifying someone's problem and being able to figure it out for them?
1: I often have people tell me that I'm good at it, but I think it's more that because I am an outside observer, I'm able to look at it um, from an unbiased perspective. So I'm able to identify the components of the problem and figure out the root issue. And then we can work on solving it in a solution focused way. So,
0: yeah, that kind of makes sense. You're, you're kind of an outside observer and you're not, so close to the problem, like the person that's actually involved is right before we talk about this amazing business that you have started, an important part of that is what happened before that. And so can you give us kind of a profile of who is Chloe? What, I mean, what type of person you are and, um, how did this and how it led up to what you have created here?
1: Oh gosh, it happened really, really quickly.
0: Yeah, this was only, we're talking from the time we record this, we're talking like it started like two months ago, right? Yeah,
1: it, it was two months ago that I posted for the first time. Yeah, its I just paid my first month of payment on my website and on my domain just a few days ago. So I've only had a website for a month. It's, it's definitely been a crazy, crazy experience.
0: So it's, yeah, it's been a crazy ride and it's we're still in the very it's still in the baby stages sort of. But um who what what tell us about your personality? Who are you?
1: I am a grad student. I love I love education. I love to learn. I am very nerdy. I play a lot of video games. I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Most of my friends are guys and
0: it sounds like you're not the, a typical girl. You're kind of a nerdy person.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, I'm. I, I like I like girly things. I like to dress up. I like fashion. I like, you know, all all those typical things. But I I grew up with four brothers, so I spent my childhood like hiding underneath their bed and playing their video games whenever they left. So it's. I think that because it was something I wasn't really allowed to do, because my brothers never really let me play video games, as soon as I moved away for college, one of the very first things I did is I bought a PlayStation. And just, I loved it. I, I really, really loved it. So most of my friends are guys who are engineers or... Um, they work in software and we play DD two, together. And that's really where I started to realize that there's a disconnect between who they really are and how they rep- represent themselves whenever they're trying to date. So they're guys who are hilarious and kind and considerate and physically attractive and successful and really a good catch, but they really, re- really struggled with online dating. And it wasn't until I first saw one of their profiles that I was like, what? What are you doing? This is this is terrible. And realizing that they just don't know how to take good photos. They don't know good angles. They would consistently make themselves look several inches shorter and 20 pounds heavier. And the, the bios on their dating profiles were just atrociously bad because they didn't know how to appeal to women. And so I started helping them just as a friend. and. They got really good results, so it became um, a kind of joke amongst us that every time they got a date because of me, they would give me a bag of Cape Cod chips.
0: Because you really like Cape Cod chips.
1: I really, really like Cape Cod chips so much. They're they're the best chips in the world. And then I just always had a stockpile, so I I knew that I was good good at it. It was never really something that I considered as a career opportunity.
0: So back then when you were when you were just helping your friends, you didn't really look at this as saying, "Hmm, maybe I can turn this into income someday."
1: No, never. Never ever. It was just a fun thing that I loved doing. I love human behavior. I love figuring out like how it's it's, it's like a puzzle. Figuring out how to represent them online in a way that's still like accurate to who they are, but we're showing off their best features. And then figuring out what women are looking for and what our approach should be. And then learning about the online dating platforms because online dating is not the same sitting in person. It's an entirely different thing.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's got to be a a skill in itself, just um, just figuring out the different platforms. So that was a, a skill that you recognized that you had. And then take us to present day. Well, not present day, but say present day two months ago. What was your situation like and how did it change?
1: I had been a nanny for a few years to to the same family while I was in university. And the father had to move to Australia for a few months for work. And because it was summer, the mother decided to take the children and go with him. So I had no notice. I went from having a full-time job to having no job in 12 hours. I was given less than 24 hours notice that this was happening. I had a month of savings, which initially like made me feel pretty okay. And then I realized very quickly that a month of savings is not enough to take care of you while you are trying to find a job and then getting a job and then waiting on your first paycheck. And I very, very quickly reached a point where I had no money. I couldn't pay my rent. I was 48 hours away from losing electricity. I had no groceries. I was using a food pantry to buy like very basic items because I had nothing and I was in a complete state of panic. I always had the option of leaving New York and going back home, but my family doesn't have a lot of money, so I knew that they couldn't help me. I didn't even ask.
0: And that would that would have been a complete disruption
1: yeah, I, I, would, I would lose my scholarship.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a, a whole life change then, right? If you l- drop out of school.
1: Yeah, I would be dropping out of school. I would be losing my education. I would be losing everything that I've worked so hard for for so long. And it just wasn't an option to me. I would rather be homeless and in school than going back home. It just Giving up was not an option. So in a state of just desperation, I was Googling how to make money online. So I was answering surveys for like 10 cents a pop. And I was, um, I tried um, our websites where you can like type things for people and, but it pays, I mean, just 25 cents. And then I found Reddit. I had used Reddit in the past, but I found that Reddit has a few subreddits for people who were looking to make money quickly and are willing to work for very little pay. So there's this subreddit called Slave Labor. And the purpose of Slave Labor is for people who are broke or willing to work for very little to offer their services available at low prices, or people who are looking for work to offer low prices. Um,
0: just to just to explain uh-huh. to people a little bit uh, in more detail, if you if you've never used Reddit, it's just a it's a huge social media site, millions and millions of users, and it's made up of multiple many thousands of individual discussion groups. Or, you know, each 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 of those is called a subreddit, and each one has its own topic or theme. And the one you're talking about is called slave labor, and mm-hmm. in that group. I looked at it, I hadn't looked at it before I found out about your story, but it looks like every post is either a task, which somebody has a job they want somebody to do, or it's an offer. Somebody saying, hey, I can do this for you or that for you, kind of like the website Fiverr. But with, um, with this subreddit, Slave Labor, you are able to post something like what you did, saying, hey, I can do this for you, and... And that's what you did, right? You made your, you created mm-hmm. your own post. But what was your mindset like just during that time? I mean, it, you must have just felt like desperation.
1: I was in a complete state of panic. I had 33 cents in my bank account. I, had already asked for an extension for my light bill. So I was 48 hours from losing the extension. The, once my power was going to go off, I knew I was going to lose my apartment. I was completely panicked. I was selling my belongings. I was, it's hard to think clearly when you're in that state of mind because your brain is just in survival mode and it's going off in 3000 different directions. Mm-hmm. And
0: and this was in the summertime, right? Were you still taking, uh-huh. did you still have some classes?
1: No, no, I wasn't taking classes, so I was able to work full-time for anyone who would take me. The problem is I was in New York City, and there's a lot of competition, and most of what was available very quickly was labor, and I am a petite female, and no one was going to hire me to lift (laughs) heavy boxes. Um,
0: You don't seem like the construction type (laughs) of person, yeah.
1: I would have done it if they would have paid me to, but no, but no one was interested. I like tutored occasionally, like any, anything that anybody would let me do, I would do. But it's very, very competitive.
0: I don't know how many other people do this, but I like to plan my weekly meals. Maybe I'm just weird, but I like quick and easy. That's just one of the benefits you can get with CookUnity. Go to cookunity.com slash what or enter code what before checkout to get 50% off your first week. One of the dishes I recently had was the Green Goddess Falafel Bowl. Oh, I loved it. The falafel was seasoned perfectly, and I love how crispy it is on the outside, but really moist on the inside. It's a signature dish of Enat Admoni. She's known around the world as a chef. You've probably seen her on TV, and her dishes are made right here in Florida. So I'm supporting local business, and I love that. And the convenience of Cook Unity is crazy. I mean, I've got podcast episodes to produce, I don't have time for cooking. These meals are delivered fully cooked, so when it's time to eat, I pick a meal based on my mood for that day, I heat it for a few minutes, and enjoy. The menus are updated every week, so there's always something new to try. You can choose from over 350 meals based on your dietary needs or taste preferences, or go wild and have Cook Unity pick for you, because every meal is just amazing. Make the best meal plan ever with the convenience, chef-level quality, and endless variety of Go to cookunity.com slash what or enter code what
1: before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using code what or going to cookunity.com slash what.
0: Something I've been recently making a deliberate effort with is to read more. There are lots of books I want to read, and I try to read every day, even if it's just a few pages. That little bit each day adds up, and it can make a big difference. It's like taking care of your gut. Even though it's not big, it supports the health of your whole body. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits not just your gut and your heart, which aren't outwardly visible, but your skin too, which you can see. Every morning it's the same thing. Two capsules of Seed DSO-1. And sometimes I wonder, is it normal to feel this great? It helps support digestive health with optimal gut bacteria levels. And thankfully that's all backed up by science. And all the supporting data is on their website. If you're trying to avoid sugar, soy, peanuts, or gluten, you're good to go. And I was reading the literature and I thought, you had me at vegan because it's that too. And if you have kids, DSO-1 is the first multi-strain symbiotic shown to be tolerable and health-promoting in a cohort of children aged 3 to 17. And you can use this promo code to give it a try. Trust your gut. With Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash what and use code 25 what to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash what code 25 what. Hey, this is Scott. Did you know we offer a premium feed of this show that is completely ad free and there are bonus episodes? Go to whatwasthatlike.com slash plus, or just click the link in the show notes of any episode to learn more and to sign up. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can sign up right there in the app by clicking try free at the top of the episode list. And I hope to see you in the premium feed soon.
1: And so I, I posted on, or I saw a South Slave Labor, and I was trying to figure out what I could offer. So I was looking at like the population and slave labor or really read it in general It's primarily men um, ages 18 to 35. So I was like, okay, so this is my demographic. What can I offer to them that people will buy? And it made me think of my friends of, okay, so these are mostly guys. Maybe they could use some dating advice. So I, I offered $5 an hour giving dating advice to guys, but I worked really hard on my presentation, making sure that I was like really expressing my personality and that I was making it fun so that that they wouldn't think I was this overlord kind of judging them or someone who was just going to tell them to be confident that, that I was someone who could like actually give them helpful advice.
0: Right. It has to be practical. Yeah.
1: Right. And since it was just $5, I thought that any, you know, that lots of people would take a shot on it. Whereas if I, you know, tried to charge more then people would be hesitant.
0: Yeah. Cause you're an unknown factor at that point. Right. Can you read your original post that you made?
1: Sure. I will make your dating profile diggity dapper $5. Do you have a dating profile that doesn't get the results you had hoped it would? Do you post on r for r with little to no response? Maybe it's bad luck. Maybe it's the uneven playing field, but maybe you also kind of suck at this. I'm a human of the female variety, and I have noticed that some of my awesome guy friends really struggled with online dating because they didn't know what the heck they were doing. They posted photos that weren't flattering. Their profiles were either long and winding, confusing, boring, or way too short. I have helped several friends set up their dating profiles, helped them rewrite their r for rs and edited their Tinder profiles. I've gotten pretty solid results, and it was a lot of fun. I'm also pretty familiar with what most girls are looking for in a profile and the pitfalls to avoid. I can help you take photos that work for you, rewrite and edit your profile, give advice, or even walk you through your communication with the lady you're into.
0: And what were you charging or what was your what was your offered price to do this?
1: It was $5.
0: So $5 gets them. What, what did it actually get for
1: $5? So we would do an hour uh, phone call or Discord call or Skype call. Honestly, it was generally a lot longer than an hour. So I would charge them for an hour, but then they would, you know, text me afterwards, like, hey, like, can you approve these new photos? Or, hey, can you do this or that? And I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to to be nice, so I would do it. So I was working for like an hour and a half, two hours for, for $5 per client.
0: Right. And, of course, you didn't anticipate what would happen because you had no idea what, what kind of response you were going to get,
1: right? Oh, my gosh. I had 200. I mean, just dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of responses. I was very quickly overwhelmed. I was able to buy groceries, like, the next day. I was able to pay my rent a few days later. I was working, like, 16 hours days, But I was, like, able to – get myself out of this like horrible situation that I was in. And then I post, I reposted asking for $8, I think two weeks later or, or one week later. And that got even more responses. I had even more DMs. And at that point I had previous clients who were writing really good reviews and posting them on my previous posts. So I had like, this backup that like, Hey, like pe- people are actually like finding the service to be helpful. So that had even more people interested. And so then I reposted again for $10 and then I got even more clients. And at the $10 mark, I was so overwhelmed by the number of messages that I was getting that I just wasn't capable of responding to them anymore. Like I couldn't keep up and I couldn't keep my schedule organized. These it was, it was just too much. So I, looked into getting a website just because it would have like this automated scheduler that would allow people to schedule themselves in. Because I realized I was spending hours and hours a day, like two hours a day just trying to schedule with clients. So I went ahead and made the leap to get a website. And then I got this automated scheduler. And then I would just send clients there. And then I think the latest post I made was for $10. After that, I had a friend suggest that I do an AMA, which is an ask me anything on Reddit. It's where you make a post and tell people your story and then invite them to ask you anything. I didn't really think anything would come of it. So I posted my story that, you know, hey, I went from being on the brink of losing my electricity in my apartment to becoming a small business owner in a month. Ask me anything. And it blew up. I, it just completely blew up. I was expecting a couple of questions and I think it had almost, had like 19,000 upvotes or something ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it was, it, it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some that got more, but, but yeah, you had, it's like, it's like whatever you post, you get way more response than what you expect. Oh, so, yeah. so your situation, Went from night to day
1: mm-hmm.
0: very, very quickly.
1: Very, very quickly.
0: From that point, did you kind of branch out and start offering other services, or, or did you just continue to increase your hourly rate?
1: I increased my hourly rate, and then I expanded on my services. So a big problem that – or not a big problem, but, but, but something that was happening was after our session, guys would – want occasional help through text. Like they would want me to approve photos or they would send me a screenshot of a dating profile and say, I'm not sure what to say to her. And I didn't want to tell them no, but I also couldn't keep doing it for free, especially since now I had hundreds and hundreds of clients instead of 20. So I started offering additional options. So I started this thing called the pocket Chloe, which is basically where I'm in their pocket for a week. So available from the hours of 9 a.m. until 11.59 p.m. EST, where they could text me at any time for any reason, and I would help them. So if they were talking to a girl and were stuck and they had no idea what to say, then they, they could show me a screenshot of the conversation and I would help them. If they were preparing for a date and were in a panic, then I would help them. If they you know, felt lost or stuck in any way, then they had me as their backup to kind of be there to support them or give them advice or help them get through it, approve their new photos because a lot of what I did was helping guys take better photos for their dating profiles. So I started to offer that for a week long service. And then I broadened out the services that I offered. So now I offer a profile overhaul, which is an hour long calls focused, specifically on fixing up your profile. So I'll go over your photos. I'll tell you what's working and what isn't. I'll give you really specific instructions for new photos to take. And then we'll rewrite your whole bio. I'll explain why your bio wasn't working, like why this new one should do better, kind of explain the process. So afterwards, you can kind of continue on yourself. Then I also offer something called Ladies Galore, which is where we focus on matches. So once your profile is done, you're going to start getting matches. And that's really when online dating gets tough because there is a lot of competition. So she's talking to 15, 20 other guys minimum. And so getting her to respond to you can be really difficult. So I teach them how to write a compelling message, how to figure out what she's interested in and then talk to her about it. When you can ask her out on a date, how to ask her out quickly but not too quickly, what to do or what not to do on a first date, and then I offer something called Twitterpated, which is a Bambi a Bambi reference um, about girls that you meet in person that you're into. So if there's a girl that you that you really like but you don't know how to approach or you don't know how to ask her out or you know, you're trying to get the courage to approach a girl in a bar or in a coffee shop, or if you are a college student and you want, you're really into a girl that you have a class with, just teaching them how they can approach girls, how they can ask them out in a pretty low risk way, how to develop chemistry with them. And then I offer a package called the whole shebang, which is just two in one. So instead of, like buying two separate packages, you can have them in one call. So it's a two hour call and then they have a $5 discount. So I've, I've brought them up a bit, but it is like essentially the same thing. I'm still f- focusing on dating advice.
0: I, this is part of what amazes me about how, I mean, you, you have no past business experience. Uh, I don't know if you've ever written ad copy or done any marketing work I- no. I- any previously, but I mean, to come up with these things like you know, to well, they can text you for a week uh, and you can help them, and you and you name it, Pocket Chloe. That's it's just so clever. It's I, I think you're part of your success is that you're just doing things, doing those kind of things, creating new products, that kind of thing by instinct, and you have really good instinct about naming things and what you know what is needed. It's just <laughs> I love it. Thank it's great. You. You got an, and plus the you know add to that you're kind of an entrepreneur by nature as well and uh, and this is perfect because you can fit it around your schedule and I know just for you and I to be able to connect to do this conversation it took us a while a few weeks anyway just to figure out because you were just so booked up so far in advance right. to uh, mm-hmm. you know figure out when we can have this conversation it was it's just it's pretty amazing are you busier now than you want to be
1: now it's a little bit more under control. I finally reached a point where I felt safe enough to give myself days off. I really wanted to have my savings back. I wanted to have three months of savings. I wanted to know that if anything went wrong, I would be okay. And I quickly realized before this started that one month of savings is not enough. So I wanted at least three months of food, rent, electricity, internet, like everything that I would need for three months. So I worked... 70 hours a week for a month. And then I I gave myself two days a week off. And I'm just now getting to a point next week where it's totally blocked off and I don't have any appointments on those days. So I blocked those days off a while ago, but I was already so booked up that clients had already scheduled appointments on my days off. So obviously I'm not going to cancel those appointments. So it's it's a lot better now. I'm working like 50 client hours a week, plus like one extra hour a day to be able to do all the paperwork and research. I'm still learning how to run a business. I'm having business meetings about LLCs and sole proprietorship and taxes and all of those things. And um, now I'm researching how to advertise and I'm going to be advertising on imager and on Facebook and figuring out like how to do that in an economical way. And I, I'm definitely learning as I'm going, I've never taken a business class in my life. All my classes are psychology related or anthropology related. They're all about human behavior and culture. So I'm staying really busy, but I no longer feel completely overwhelmed. And I definitely did for a while.
0: I can imagine that with the huge influx. I mean, you think about it, most. People that start a business, it's like, first they've got a big investment, which you really didn't have. So they're investing a lot of money in either in a storefront or, you know, a complex website or advertising or whatever. And you didn't have any of that. And then those people very commonly for a new business, you're just sitting there waiting for the phone to ring, hoping for a new client. And for you, it was like you were at the bottom of the mountain and the avalanche was all the clients coming toward you. Yeah. So yeah, that's, um, that's a good position to be in, but you're right. You've got to have some balance and you can't work 70 hours a week forever.
1: Right. Right. So I have my days off now and my days off are for days I'm in class. So I'm working a few hours now, which is nice. I'm pretty consistently staying booked out for like two weeks, which is a really nice place to be in. It's just making sure that I can keep that going. So like learning how to advertise and learning how to like reach the population that I'm trying to reach. I'm, I'm really excited because I have a lot of repeat customers and I have a lot of clients who are recommending their friends. So that's like really, really helping. So, you know, it's kind of that balance of wanting to have some time off and being able to kind of keep that balance, but also not wanting to get too complacent and then waking up and one day I don't have enough clients to pay my rent.
0: Right, right. That's the uh, scary position again. You don't want to be back in that. Let's talk about some of the actual consulting calls. Do some guys not really want advice? They just want to talk to you?
1: It happens occasionally. Occasionally, I get someone who's super creepy, people who like to show me their penis. That That's happened a few times. I just send the call. It's not really nearly as common as you would think. Most of my clients are just ordinarily like ordinary, normal, average guys who are frustrated because they don't understand why they can't meet someone. They don't understand why they can't have this relationship that is important. and they don't understand where they're going wrong. I really thought I would get more creepers. I really thought I would get more people who were inappropriate. And it just doesn't really happen very often. Like, I mean, I think it's happened five times.
0: Yeah, that's a very small percentage. That's good.
1: Yeah, for sure. I have some guys who like flirt a little bit or hit on me a little bit, but I I always turn it into a learning opportunity. So like if someone hits on me, I tell them, okay, so this wasn't great, but this is how you could do it better with, with like a girl that you're trying to date. So I turn it into, okay, you know, let, let me show you how to hit on people in a better way and explain that, like, this is a professional setting. This wouldn't really work. Um, so I, I kind of act oblivious and um, focus on how to help them with their game with other women. And they usually take it pretty well, That they laugh. I try to, you know, keep, keep this mix of being friendly and, um, and being nice. And not sounding like I'm kind of standing above them.
0: That's that's really the only way to do it because otherwise they're going to feel humiliated at, and rejected, and then that's Absolutely. that's a no win for anybody.
1: It, it's a super vulnerable position to be in. You're talking to a complete stranger on the internet. You're showing her your photos. You're showing her your your, your like profile bio and like talking about things that are really hard to talk about. So the only way that it works is if they feel like they can trust me and if they feel like I don't think that I'm better than they are or that they're stupid or, you know, I I get that it's hard for guys. It it it's just kind of unfair. Guys are at a distinct disadvantage with online dating. Add that into a lot of guys not really knowing how to appeal to women and a lot of guys not understanding how unique these dating platforms are, you're just kind of screwed. Like, it's really, really, really hard. Um, So I definitely approach it from a practical standpoint.
0: Do you have an example of someone who you just weren't able to help at all?
1: The only times I haven't been able to help someone is whenever I've ended the call because they were – inappropriate, or I was not willing to help them. Like I've had a client who was married and trying to cheat on his wife and I just refunded him and refused to help. I just don't feel comfortable with that. I've had clients who were just egregiously hitting on me and I felt uncomfortable or they showed me their photos and their penis was out. So I, you know, but not really. I mean, I think that there's this perception that online dating only works if you're really, really attractive. And it's true that there will always be some guy who's more attractive than you. If, if you're trying to match with the girl, she definitely has options of guys who are more successful than you and more attractive than you or have more money than you or whatever else. If you have, if she has 150 matches, you're never going to be the most attractive guy. But that doesn't mean that online, online dating won't work for you. Online dating is about charming the hell out of her really, really quickly connecting with her in like a human-to-human way and then getting her off of this website. As soon as you get her off of the website, then it's a much more even playing field. When she's on the website, girls will consistently ignore the hotter guy for the guy who understands them. They will consistently ignore the guy with more money for the guy who like listens and they can connect with. So I teach guys how to connect with women on a more personal level, how to express interest in their interests, how to understand what she's looking for, and then show her that you want to give it to her. Whereas most guys will just send the same copy and pasted message over and over and over again, and we get really sick of hearing it. So most guys can do online dating, as long as they're willing to like learn a few skills.
0: All right. Well, I hope guys listen to this. That's some gold nuggets of advice right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's got to be the hope, too. I mean, it's like what you said. I never thought about it. But as far as the odds, when a girl's looking at 150 profiles, Mm -hmm. there's always going to be somebody that makes more money or is better looking or whatever than you are. So you've got to somehow change that so that uh, that's more than what they're looking at. Or like you said get them off of that platform, get them off the computer. And that's when you can really turn on the charm, so to speak.
1: Right. Well, you have to charm them first. So you charm them on, on the platform and that's how you get them off of it. I mean, if I have to choose between talking to a super hot guy or talking to a guy who is having a conversation with me about my favorite things in the world, I'm going to talk to the guy that I like talking to. I still want to be attracted to him, but I don't have to be more attracted to him than I am to anyone else. For women, attraction isn't just physical. Like I want to talk to someone who I'm going to have a good time with. I want to talk to someone who gets me, who like wants to get me, who has the same interests as me. That's, what's going to get me to go out out on a date with you. Not the super hot guy. who's going to talk about himself for two hours.
0: Right. Yeah. What's your goal for this business? I mean, this isn't something you want to do the rest of your life, right?
1: I want to be a psychologist. I want to work with children is is my goal. But having this as something I can do from home for a few years until I have my PhD is definitely my, like, kind of daydream goal. So I can work from home in my pajamas. I can do homework in between clients. I can set my own hours. I don't have to pay to send my dog to, like, doggy daycare.
0: Yeah, it's like the the ideal part-time job, right? Or not even part-time now, it's full-time. It's definitely
1: not part-time, it's definitely (laughs) full-time. But I love it, I love it so much. I love connecting with people and I love getting those messages a few days later that like they have their first date in a long time. It's so exciting to me, it's so rewarding for me. I had a client really late last night way later than I usually work because he really like wanted to be seen because he was going on his first date in a really long time and he was so excited and so nervous and just like hearing the excitement in his voice and that he trusted me to kind of like calm him down and like let's focus on like staying cool staying calm she wouldn't have agreed to go out with you if she wasn't into you and just realizing that he went from someone in our first call who was really struggling with self-esteem and he didn't think that online dating was for him. And he thought that there was no chance that this was going to happen to someone who's super stoked for his first date in several months was just, it's it's just like a high. It's this incredible experience. And I, I absolutely love it.
0: Yeah. I can see there would be a lot of rewards in that. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? I mean, what's your, your long-term career plan?
1: I hopefully will be a psychologist. I'm interested in working with underprivileged children who've experienced complex trauma. Um,
0: Wait a minute. Let me me stop you right there for a second because I'm confused, or I want to ask you about that. Underprivileged children who have been through complex trauma, is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Like, what would be a situation that would be an example of that?
1: So, complex trauma is trauma that has uh different different sources so there are lots of different types of trauma so there's sexual trauma there's physical trauma there's educational neglect there's a medical neglect there is malnutrition there um, is physical abuse and emotional abuse and verbal abuse complex trauma is whenever a child has experienced several types of trauma at once and complex trauma is something that can really impact the brain development of a child. So whenever an adult experiences trauma, it can definitely cause a lot of problems. It can cause PTSD. It can like really affect your life in a profound way. But for children, it can change how their brain develops. So it can have a much more long lasting impact on their lives. And unfortunately, children who are living in poverty don't have a lot of access to counseling. They don't have a lot of access to professionals who are able to help them repair that damage or prevent that damage from happening before it's long-lasting. So I'm really, really interested in working with kids who have had complex trauma because I understand that if these issues go unresolved, if they never experience that healing, if they don't learn the tools that they need in order to cope, if we can't teach their parents the tools to, you know, to help their children cope, that it's going to impact them in a pretty major way for the rest of their lives in ways that can't really be fixed. We can't change how our brain develops. So I'm very, very interested in brain development. I'm very, very interested in human behavior and, um, and trauma
0: that That sounds really interesting. And when you talk about long-term rewards of your work, you know to be able to see some a, a child that's been through something like that and then you'll be able to see that person grow into an, an adult who is psychologically healthy, uh, that's got to be a great reward too, or will be. indeed. I have to ask you this. you had mentioned before we hit the record button here, you had mentioned that you have been approached to be on other podcasts or media shows, TV shows, radio shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yet you have rejected most of them. This is the first one you've appeared on. What was mm-hmm. your what what was your reasoning behind that?
1: It was very flattering to be asked to do interviews for like a documentary with Netflix or the producer of The Bachelorette. It was very flattering. It was just So much. And it's a huge, huge, like, long term commitment. If my if my face is on Netflix, if I am advertising myself to the world that this is what I do, then that means I have to be kind of committed to it long term. And I'm worried about someone Googling my name and finding dating advice instead of the fact that like, I'm really interested in complex trauma. I really enjoy this work, but it's not something I want to do forever. So if if I were to agree to do something that's pretty global, like Netflix, then it's making a commitment that this is something I want to do forever, or at least something that I'm comfortable being associated with forever and it's only been 2 months i'm i'm definitely like learning as i'm going i'm still in the stage where i'm equal parts terrified and excited i'm reading like business books until i fall asleep at night and i'm definitely not at a point where i'm prepared to make that big of a commitment
0: that, that i see i can see those things as being a whole different scope or you know what they would be talking about for for this show basically i'm just i'm just fascinated with the way you Went from literally having nothing and about to be uh, to lose your apartment and everything, and to turn that around so quickly—that's what I find to be amazing about this whole story.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I—I I mean, I—I I researched you as well. Like, I—I I listened to your podcast, and you seemed like a really decent human being. It didn't seem predatory in any way. And you seem like someone that I would enjoy talking with. Um, so that's really and and it's a podcast. It's not it's not going to show up on Netflix. I mean, I'm sure that you're. We well, you know if if you wanted it to. I'm, I'm not trying to say that you aren't <laughs> Netflix worthy.
0: No, I understand. <laughs> I don't have I don't have any uh, anticipation to be on Netflix. Not with this show, anyway. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs>
1: So it, it was lower risk for me, and you seemed like a genuinely good person. So that that made me feel a lot more comfortable. That's
0: good. I, that's a great compliment. Thank you very much. Well, Chloe, it's been great talking with you. I love seeing what you've done, what you've created virtually out of nothing, and uh, it's going to be fun to see where this goes.
1: Yeah, me me too. I'm very excited to see where this goes. Thank you so much for, for talking with me. It's It's been great.
0: Thanks for listening. My goal for each episode is to bring you people and stories that you just won't find on other podcasts. If you'd like to discuss this episode or previous episodes with other listeners, you can do that at our private Facebook group at whatwasthatlike.com Facebook. I hope to see you in there. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do that at whatwasthatlike.com support. And I'll see you in two weeks, where we'll once again be asking the question, What was that like?